You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Discipleship is a lifelong process. Learn more in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We are concluding our series on simple. And how many of you are learning something about discipleship in the past uh, three weeks? Okay, hopefully you are getting something about discipleship. Discipleship is really simple. Uh, it's all about following the Lord. Okay, everybody say, follow Jesus. Fish for men. And fellowship, in, uh, fellowship with the believers. And today we are landing this series. Uh, and we're going to be talking about another F. Okay, so those are the three F uh, statements that we have to describe what discipleship is all about. And today we are describing our journey, which is also another F. We call it the four Fs. Okay, the four, sorry, the four E's. Okay, the four E's. And uh, we're going to describe you, uh, to you what the four E's is all about. And maybe you're familiar with the four E's or maybe you're not. Maybe some of you are here for the first time or maybe you've been joining us for a while, but you are still not clear about what discipleship is all about. Because when you talk about discipleship, how many of you know that discipleship really is about everybody taking part of the Great Commission? Discipleship is not just a call to some elite group of Christians. It is a call to everybody, okay? And I believe that every one of us can actually make disciples for Jesus. And so we want to talk about that in a while. There's actually a guy who had a big vision, but you know, before I show this uh, picture, you know, many of us have been impacted by uh, you know, telecommunications. How many of you have a cell phone right now in your pocket? How many of you own a cell phone? Okay. I think, can you imagine, how many of you can imagine that in the year 2015, almost 90, 99%, if not 100%, have access to a mobile phone. That was unheard of 10 years ago, or maybe 12 years ago. Okay? Uh, about 15 years ago, ang uso pa is landline. How many of you still use your landline to call people? No more? Everybody's using mobile right, right, right now, right? But there's this guy... Uh, his name is Alexander Graham Bell, who actually invented telecommunication. The original telephone was invented by him. And his original desire is so that he can actually call people from the other part of the globe. That was his desire. There's another guy named Bill Gates. How many of you are familiar with Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft? His ultimate vision is so that uh, you know, he wants to see every home with a personal computer. That was his vision. How many of you are familiar with Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs is one who's very innovative as well. And he's the one who actually invented the iPhone and the iPad and also the Macintosh, another personal computer. Um, another local company that we are familiar with before, I think it was unheard of for people to actually fly airplanes. But how many of you know that now? Uh, there's this tagline that goes, uh, now everyone can fly. How many of you have actually ridden a plane already? Can you please raise your hand? Okay, now it's more affordable and that's because of the vision of this company called Cebu Pacific. Now there's this particular guy. His name is Robert Woodruff. And um, he's basically the founder of this uh, soda company called Coca-Cola. How many of you have tried Coca-Cola? How many of you know Coca-Cola? Okay. <laughs> he founded this company back in... 1923, and he had one vision. He said his vision is, in my generation, he wants everyone in the world 
to have a taste of Coca-Cola. In fact, there are some countries in the world today that have tasted Coca-Cola but has not even heard the name of Jesus. What a sad reality because these are some visionaries in the world who have a passion, who have a passion uh, to have a global feel and for, for some of them, maybe they consider that as their purpose. But how about us as Christians? How many of you know that we have a better product than them? And that is the gospel. Amen. This product that changes lives. It does not only affect us here in the natural world, but it affects us in the supernatural world and in the life after. Amen. And how many of you are grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. And that is the purpose. Sometimes the, the, the people would consider themselves having a purpose of you know, taking over the globe or maybe uh, exporting what they have to the globe. And if you define purpose, purpose is actually a noun that means the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Now, if I may ask you this afternoon, how many of you know your purpose for life? You know, some of us would think that our purpose, the way we were created, is maybe our vocation. We normally think that our purpose is related to maybe finding greater wealth or maybe finding a better job or maybe being the best that we can be in the occupation that we are in. Maybe that's the purpose because we have been gifted by God. But this can also be a deception because it can be a trap for many. You know that sometimes the purpose can be wrapped around ourselves. That when we think about, you know, the purpose that I am living for is basically to become big and to be well-known in the world, to become rich, to, to save a lot of money so that I can leave a lot of money for the next generation. That is a good purpose, but sometimes it can be deceiving because how many of you know it's not all about money? There are other things in life that money cannot buy. And I believe that we need to find ourselves a higher purpose. And I believe that maybe a better way to call purpose, maybe we can use the term calling. Calling is quite similar to purpose, but maybe on a higher plane. When you talk about purpose, purpose represents our dreams and our aspirations in life. Now, how many of you have a dream? In life, Can you please raise your hand. That is great. All of us ought to have a dream. Amen. All, all of us ought to have a, an aspiration in life. But normally, when you talk about our dreams and our aspiration, these are good things. But these are the things that we choose for ourselves. Normally, when you have a dream or an aspiration, this is something that we choose for ourselves, something that we want to be when we grow up, right? Maybe some of you would like to be an engineer or a multimillionaire, maybe an, a, uh, you know, a banker or maybe an entrepreneur. And that is, there's nothing wrong with that. Because that is a desire. I believe that the gifts that God has given to us, they are irrevocable. Amen. And they are part and parcel of why we are created for. God has given us a purpose. But I believe in order for us to understand what the purpose is, we need to actually look at our calling. Dreams and aspirations are the things that we choose for ourselves, whereas calling is something that God chooses for us. There's quite a big difference for that. 
Dreams and aspirations are things that we do for ourselves. Calling is something that I do for God. Are we getting the difference between purpose and calling? Dreams and aspiration can actually, you know, uh, talk about or promise money and power. And our, our, our calling may not be about money and power because there are things that money cannot buy. Dreams and aspiration basically have an upward mindset, basically, which is to climb the ladder of success. But calling has a downward orientation because that is meant to be able to serve other people. There's quite a big difference. Similar, but there's some nuances to that. And as we end this particular series, I'm hoping that we will all understand that all of us have a calling in the Lord. Amen. We don't just have a purpose. We have a higher call in the Lord. You have a calling. Are you hearing the calling of God? Do you hear it? Do you hear God's voice? Do you hear the calling of the Lord in our life? Because that is something that is of better value. That is part of the purpose why we are created. You know, sometimes we would think about that our, the way we are molded or the way we're wired, yes, that is part of our purpose, but we confuse the means with the end. We think that what we're doing right now is what we're called to do for life. That's the end. That if you're a businessman, that's it. But how many of you know that whatever it is that you're doing right now, whether you're a businessman, somebody who's working for a call center, maybe an architect, an engineer, an attorney, maybe a student, that is only a means to a higher end and a higher goal. And I hope that we will all understand what God is calling for us to do at this time. We will all be reading from the book of Matthew. Basically, Matthew, the theme of Matthew, actually, would you see that you know, when Jesus <clears throat> would uh, teach, Matthew would always highlight things about, or the theme of mountains. You know, in Matthew, we would uh, be familiar about the Sermon on the Mount. How many of you uh, know the Sermon on the Mount? Right? The Sermon on the Mount was there. The Mount of Transfiguration was there uh, in the book of Matthew. Um, ma- the mountain is actually found also in the Old Testament, or in the Old Testament, uh, the laws, the Ten Commandments, were given on the mountain of the Lord. And so, as the Lord Jesus would actually go to heaven, here is another setting found on the mountain. And we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 28, beginning from verse 16 to 20. I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me. We're going to be reading together God's Word. And this will uh, be about five verses for us this afternoon. Verse 16. Let's all read this out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Even at the very last, you know, last time that the Lord appeared, some are still doubting the existence of the Lord. How sad. But this is the real message in verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the simple instruction of the gospel that all of us are meant to go and make disciples of all nations. Father, I pray that you would give all of us open hearts to receive your instructions. Thank you, Lord God, that our hearts would also be pliable and obedient, that when you send us, may we respond by saying, Yes, Lord, we're willing. Bless your preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. All right, I was in the series um, this morning. I was actually in our Victory Church in San Pablo, uh, Laguna, and I ministered there. And we have, uh, you know, such an amazing church. They're a seven-year-old church, and they're about close to 600 people. And uh, the pastor, Pastor Arthur Anuevo, happens to be my classmate in the School of World Mission way back in 2002, about 13 years ago. <clears throat> and how God called him to plant a new church in that part of southern Tagalog or southern Luzon. But the same passion, the same zeal, the same heart for them to be able to reach out to the communities and the campuses is there. And I was so encouraged because I saw the people just passionately worshiping the Lord this morning. They also have a, uh, an interesting, actually a very cozy place. It can only fit about 250, but it's nice. It's almost like you're entering into a spa. You know, it's made of wood, but when you look at the floor, it's like, you know, bright, uh, shiny marble, <clears throat> and they've got an excellent facility there. But anyway, uh, it's an interesting, uh, you know, trip because uh, me and Pastor King had to go there and then rush back to Akasha, and then I'm here right now in Festival Mall. But when you, when you talk about our movement, our church, victory, whether you're in Manila, whether you're in Alabang or in Santa Rosa or in San Pablo or even in Mindanao, in our church in Davao, we have the same passion to make disciples. We have one call. <clears throat> we want to honor God and what? Make disciples. We want to break it down. What does that mean? You hear us time and time again as pastors here in front always say this almost like a mantra here. We want to honor God, make disciples. What does that mean? You've heard about following Jesus. You've heard about fishing for people. You've heard about fellowshipping with believers. But in reality, in order for us to understand, there is basically a, almost like a simple process or a journey that we are undertaking, and it's found in this particular verse. In Matthew 28, it says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and lo and behold, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. In fact, if there's a memory verse that you want to have, it's probably a good a thing to memorize, Matthew 28, because that is also known as the Great Commission. You'd find in your Bible, it says on the uh, topmost part, it's called Great Commission. What do you mean by saying commission? Commission means it's a command. It's not a great suggestion. This is one of the greatest commands that the Lord Jesus has given to the church. 
not only original apostles, but to the entire church. And how many of you are part of the church? Please raise your hand. That means that the same command and the same commission applies to us today in 2015. But let's break it down. What does it really mean for us to go? In fact, that is the first, almost the first step or the first journey that we have in our church. It says what? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. In fact, the command here is make disciples. And there are three participles in the Greek. There's going, there's baptizing, and there's teaching. You know, the making disciples is the one that we are obeying, but in order for us to obey there, there has to be a going first. How many of you know that you cannot make disciples if you just stay in one place? There's actually a going and a growing. How many of you would like to go places? But you don't want to just get stuck in one place. How many of you would like to grow in your company and maybe get promoted in your company? You know, we want to go and grow because we don't want to just stay in one particular place. You know, God is like that. He is a God who is a God who wants us to always go forward. And we call this journey or process engage. Everybody say engage. Engage is basically one of the first E's. We have four E's. Okay, to. The first E is engage. Everybody say engage. Engage our culture and community. When you say engage, this is different if you are a, hus- uh, a boy and a girl wanting to get married, preparing for marriage. You also call that engage, right? But when you say engage, I am engaging. I am actually you know, going out of my way to be able to meet somebody and have a relationship with that person because I have one purpose. And the purpose is to, to tell the good news of Jesus. How many of you know that that is something that is noble? That is a noble goal for us to be able to share our story. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we see this because it's not a new command. It was, it's an old command found in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, the very first thing that God told Adam and Eve was this. He said to them, be what? Fruitful and multiply and fill the earth Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Basically, we are just continuing the original command that God gave to Adam and Eve. We see the same uh, you know, command of God with Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, God said to Abraham, Go, leave your father, leave your country, leave your household, and go to a land I will show you, and I will bless you there. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing to the nations. That is actually a picture of what God wants for us to do, that when we make disciples, we're going out there because we are a blessing to others. Amen. You know, as uh, Pastor Chico was sharing his story earlier, it's interesting that in our church, there's a lot of people who are involved in biking already. How many of you are into biking? Anybody here is involved in biking? Into biking, you want to bike. You're either a mountain biker or maybe a road biker or a fixie biker. How many of you are familiar with what I'm talking about? Because the first 
two kinds of bikes are the regular bikes because these are geared bikes. It's easy to ride a mountain bike, right? You know, it's light, there's shock absorber, you know, and then you ride, and then you, <clears throat> you can actually go up and down the sidewalk. A road bike is one that's a bit hard, but it's also geared. And you can actually rest. If you're actually going about maybe 50 kilometers per hour, you can rest for a while, you rest your leg, and actually don't do any pedaling because you're just coasting. But fixie bike is quite different. Because with fixie bike, there are no gears. And there are no brakes. In other words, if you are riding a fixie bike, you are riding the fixie bike, all you have to do is to pedal and pedal and pedal. Whether it's uphill or downhill, the way to stop is to reverse the pedal. That's it. And there's a group of people right now who are riding fixies. And Pastor Chico and Pastor King and some people here in the church are actually into that right now. And their desire is not just to have exercise, but their desire is actually to also engage people in that particular group. In fact, some serious fixies who are non-Christians have this tagline, no gears, no brakes, no coasting, no God. And, you know, Pastor uh, Chico had a burden, and they're actually praying for, for some of these people that they can actually engage them while they're biking in the streets of Dahanghari or wherever. And as they meet them, they can actually engage them with the gospel. That is what engaging is all about. The Apostle Paul describes it this way, being all things to all men so that you may win some of them. You personally maybe have an interest in the, maybe in cooking, or maybe, uh about badminton? How many of you still play badminton? Maybe there are still some who play bad, badminton, you know. That was so big before. All warehouses are converted into badminton courts. And it's a good time to actually engage other people. Maybe some of you are into gyms, okay, or clubs. No matter what you're doing or interest, you can actually use that as a way of engaging people for the gospel. Engage. Second part, you know, this is the you know, a thing we've read earlier, is baptizing. Everybody say baptizing. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been baptized already? Please raise your hand. All right. You know, maybe some of us have been baptized when we were babies. And, you know, basically when you talk about baptism, baptism is actually a sacrament which comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse. And this particular sacrament was started by no other than the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist. Remember the story? When John the Baptist went out one day and he was preaching a message of repentance and he was baptizing people and he was preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And then as he was baptizing people, his very own cousin, Jesus Christ, went and be baptized by him. And we know the story. When he baptized the Lord Jesus, the heavens opened and there was a voice that came from heaven, Behold, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. 
Baptism is actually a public declaration of our decision to follow the Lord Jesus. It's a pledge of loyalty to the Lord. It is something that a person does after he becomes a Christian, after he becomes born again. That is so important. In fact, the picture of baptism that is being described in the Bible is actually the crossing of the Red Sea. Okay? This is uh, you know, a description of you know, when you're getting baptized, you're actually crossing the Red Sea. You're leaving behind your life of slavery and you're on your way to a new life, your promised land. That is the picture of baptism. Another picture of baptism that is described is, is actually the picture of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. That when you go through the waters of baptism, when you are being baptized, you are identifying with the death, the burial, when you go through the waters of baptism, only for a few seconds, right? And then you rise up in the newness of life, you're identifying with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Another picture is actually a circumcision not made by human hands, and this is found in the book of Colossians. Baptism is Christ circumcising our hearts with something that is not made by human hands. Of course, I don't have a picture there to show you. But it is what we call established. Everybody say established. You know, basically, the, the second uh, journey or the second uh, step really is us being established in a local church. That's why baptism is so much important for new believers. If you're a new Christian, the question is, have you been baptized and have you made a public declaration of your faith before the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, let me just clarify this. I understand that there are some people who actually join us also in victory. Maybe you came from another evangelical church and you have been baptized in that church before. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you have been baptized in your church before, and that's an evangelical church, and when you come here and you feel like the Lord is adding you to our church, you don't have to be rebaptized in victory. Are we clear with that? Because we only have one Lord, one baptism, and your first baptism is a valid baptism. It's as if you're getting married. When you come to victory, you don't have to get married again. Are we getting the point? So when you talk about baptism, baptism is actually a public declaration of our allegiance to the Lord. That is so important. It is being established. You know, part of what we believe as a church is don't just be a butterfly Christian. Moving from one church to the next. You know, I like... The worship in victory, I'll worship there. I like the preaching in CCF, I'll attend there. I like the kids' church in New Life, I'll attend there one Sunday. And we go from church to church, fluttering like a butterfly <laughs> and not being established in our life. And maybe the reason why we're not growing in the Lord is because we have not, we have not been firmly established in our walk with the Lord. If you're familiar with gardening, and if you have a plant that you move from one pot to the next, one Sunday, a nice pot inside the house. The next Sunday, you decide to dig the, pot, the, the plant, you change the pot, move it outside. And then the next Sunday, you change the pot again, 
of this plant, guess what will happen to the pot, to the plant? The plant will die eventually because it was not firmly established in the ground. How are we established in the church? We get established by faith, in the word, and in the church. Those are the three things that we need to get established in. Everybody say, in faith, in the word, and in the church. My question is, are we established in faith? Who are we trusting in? Are we trusting in the finished work of Christ? Yes. Check. Are we established in the Word? Do we get our sustenance from the Word of God every single day? Do we consider ourselves desperate for the Word of God? Sanctify them by the truth because your Word is truth. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Set you free. Are we established in the Word? My last question is, are we established in the church? Hmm. The picture of Acts chapter 2 is the early church devoted themselves with the apostles' teaching and the breaking of the bread and the fellowship and prayer. The Bible says after they were baptized, 3,000 people were added to their number that particular day. Baptism is actually one proof of your establishment in the church that God has given to us. Mark chapter 16 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is what? Baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Now, don't try that at home, right? They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. These are the signs that follow us who believe. My question is, do you see that in your life? Because I believe, according to the Bible, it's not just in effect during that time, but it's actually in effect even today. That we can actually lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We can pray. We can be victorious over you know, sickness and demons and so on and so forth. John chapter 20, verse 21, it says, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the, the Holy Spirit. Part also of establishing, establishment or establishing in the church is that we receive the gift or the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, it comes from the Greek word dunamis. And dunamis is where we get the word dynamite. How many of you have, you know, a dynamite faith? Explosive faith with the Lord. Acts chapter 1, 8. Jesus said, before you go out there, wait first. You will receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Don't leave Jerusalem yet. He was telling the disciples, wait for the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 16 verse 18 says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My question for us is, are we firmly planted and established in the church 
that Jesus is building? Or are we just always trying out? Maybe you're even a member of, you know, what you see on TV, just watching fellowship on TV. That's it. That's not enough. Amen. We need one another. Tell the person beside you, I need you. Establish. We need to establish ourselves in the church. Let's watch a short clip about the story of a couple. Hi, I'm Lisa Abenohar. I'm Dale. We really love going outdoors. I explore the places. I wanted to explore the general area. So, I was one of the tribes. And it took me nine days. I didn't know how to I naman nila ako kilala. Tinanggap nila si Dale, tapos pinatulog sa bahay niya, pinahirampan ng t-shirt. Hindi naman niya kilala. Nung first time niyang pumunta doon, nakashare na siya ng gospel sa kanila. Hindi ko alam kasi parang kapag nakikipagkwentuhan ako, lumalabas yung ano, gospel eh. Parang may power eh. May power ng Holy Spirit na nag-intervene eh doon sa conversation. Pagbalik ko roon, sinama ko na si Lisa. Wala kami ibang agenda noon. Tapos, eh, nag-evolve siya after that. Nag-disciple ako, nag one na ako doon. Halos every month nandun kami. After a while, naka-identify kami ng aid raise up namin talaga. To be leaders in that area, winantuan namin sila. Nung tapos na yung victory weekend, sobra talagang life-changing sa kanilang experience. Every time pupunta kami, excited yung mga taon dumadating. Kasi hungry talaga sila doon for the word. Nakikita mo talaga kung gano'n ka sila ka-hungry. Tapos sabi ko, Lord, ano ba itong ministry na bigging to Lord sa amin? I feel it's not a special calling for us. I believe God can use anybody, anywhere. We had no idea na iting kahihinat na nung adventure trip ni Dale. We never thought it would end up like this. Sabi nga, there are many plans in a man's heart, pero yung plan ni God palagi ni Petrovian, everything was divinely arranged. What a blessing. You know, Dale happens to be the first man who climbed Mount Everest, the first Filipino guy who climbed Mount Everest. He's a member of our church, I think, in QC. So established. He actually, even in fact, helped establish a tribe or a village in their walk with the Lord. Let's move on. The third is teaching. Everybody say teaching. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. You know, spiritual growth is really part of discipleship. You don't just remain the same. How many of you know that we are, we are called to grow in the Lord? And I hope that, you know, if you are here, maybe for the past five years, I hope that you have been equipped more now than how you were when you started with our church. My question for us is, are we constantly growing in our walk with the Lord? Are we being equipped? Are we learning new things? You know, in our church, it always said this statement, every member is a minister. Can we say that statement with me? Every member is a minister. Once again, every member is a minister. Now personalize it. I am a minister. Tell the person beside you, you are a minister. Every one of us is a minister. And how is that reality, you know? Pastor, you are a minister because you're a pastor, but me, I am actually a businessman. I'm a banker. I'm one who's working in the call center. Guess what? 
That is not how the Bible looks at you or God looks at you. You are a minister in His eyes as well. And we call this equip. My question for us is, are we getting enough equipping for us to be able to know how we can minister to others? When you talk about ministry, ministry is also known as service. Ministry, to minister means to serve. When you're doing something in your company and when you're serving people or maybe clients, you're doing ministry. You're serving them for a purpose and for a reason. Of course, you get your paycheck. But how many of you know that there is actually a better kind of ministry, maybe without any paycheck, but has an eternal reward? That is the gospel. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or the pastors, and the teachers to do what? Verse 12, to equip the saints. Everybody say saints. Who are the saints? That's us. That's the church. That's you and me. You are the saints. You, you know what? When you talk about the saints, the, the saints are not dead people, by the way. You know, when the Apostle Paul was writing this, he was talking to the church that is alive. And he was addressing this letter to the saints of Ephesus. And he was writing a letter to the saints. Look at the person beside you and tell the person, you are a saint. By faith. Okay? How many of you believe that you are a saint? Not because of what we have done, amen? But because of the blood of Jesus, amen? We are saints of God. And that is the picture. The picture of the church is us. Can you imagine? We are 11 pastors here in Victory. There's 11,000 of you in all our location, in all our services. 11,000, including children. How can 11 people serve 11,000? Baka hindi kami umabot ng New Year. But it's because of you participating, being equipped to do the work of the ministry. It says in verse 12, once again, to equip the Saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. We are not the only ones building the body or making disciples. All of us are actually called to make disciples. All of us, because every member is a minister. And our responsibility is to be your coach, to be a mentor. Of course, we will be doing ministry as well. We'll be doing weddings. Yesterday, I actually did a wedding in Vivere. Because I am a licensed minister, don't try to officiate a wedding. <laughs> that will be voidable. <laughs> okay. But there are some things that you can do that I'm also doing. Like sharing the gospel. Like baptizing people. Do you know that you don't have to be a pastor to baptize people? You can be an ordinary lay person and baptize people. Because that is a calling to every believer. The teaching... You can actually teach the gospel. You can teach other people how to share one-to-one and so on and so forth. So there are some things that is dedicated to the pastors, basically, particularly the wedding. But now we find ourselves even empowering other people to even do funerals. You don't have to be a pastor as well to share in a funeral service. Equip. Equip is actually... The third, E. What's the first E again? Engage. Second is? Establish. Third is? Equip. How many of you know this is simple? 
This is our journey. We're journeying and we're taking the, 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 the statement of uh, Jesus in Matthew 28. We're breaking it down slowly. And the last E, okay, actually comes not just from the I am with you, but from the first statement, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Has been given to whom? To Jesus. The authority is actually the right to use power. Jesus was the one speaking here and he said, All authority on heaven, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, it is delegating the authority to us. The authority over, the, over Satan and demons is with the Lord. Amen. Authority over sickness is with the Lord. Amen. Authority over you know, generational curses is with the Lord. Amen. He has broken every curse and every power of sin over our lives already. That's why He is delegating the, the, you know, the responsibility of making disciples to us. And I call this empower. Everybody say empower. You know, He's got heavenly authority to forgive sins. How many of you know you and I cannot forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins, right? But if you are offended and someone approaches you and asks for forgiveness, what are we to do? We are to release them and forgive them as well. Amen. Don't keep on binding them with your unforgiveness. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So start losing people. If you are offended, just lose them. Let them go. Let them go. You know, because, you know, sometimes we feel that, may atraso sa akin to. Habang hindi ka pa nagbabayad sa atraso mo, I will never forgive you. Precious. Guess who is in bondage? That person? No. The one who does not want to forgive is the one in bondage. If we want to be freed from bondage, then we have to let go, forgive. And Jesus also gave the authority for the church to release people as well, and so on and so forth. I believe God wants to empower us to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ in every area of life. Where God has called you, Check out your vocation. What are you called to do? Maybe you're called to be a business person or maybe an accountant or maybe an attorney and you have a sphere of influence that you're circling right now that we as pastors cannot reach. But you are the best person who can actually share the gospel to the people that you're working with every single day. And this is really what empowering is all about. Don't ask the pastors to do it for you because we are sending you as well to share the good news to the people around you. That is what empowering is all about. Because we have been given the power by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's watch this next video to hear about this testimony. Hi, I'm Alec Ventura and I'm a BA Development Studies major. I grew up in a Catholic family, so I was very religious. Eventually, I reached out to the youth and I learned that 
it's not just a religion, but it's more of a relationship with Christ talaga. And following Him in every aspect of your life. Nung fourth year po, I was the only Christian inside our section. So, nabubuli ako even in class by my professors. We had this campaign inside our campus to share the gospel to the people. Sobrang nung time na yun, kinakabahan ako. Sabi ko, God, ano natatakot ako. It wasn't easy kasi I'm not really that kind of person na kakausapin ka kaagad just to ano, parang start a conversation. When I try to share with my blockmates, minsan nare-reject ako na I respect your ano, religion or something, pero it's just not for me right now. Yung mga ganong lines. May mga times na, God, pagod na ako. Kailangan pa ba sharean tong taong to? Eh, parang wala namang result. Pero it's talagang obeying God. It's not something na sinabi naman ni God na go and make disciples when you're comfortable or go and make disciples when you're already friends with the people. Sabi lang, go and make disciples. And yung point na yun, syempre hindi kanya iiwanan at that point. So, throughout the week, I was able to share to about 12 people and lahat po sila nag-accept kay Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Doon ko na nalaman na they just need people to share to them how to follow Jesus and to disciple them. It's really stepping out in faith and that's where you experience yung spirit lang talaga ni God, yung nag-work through you, na it's not you ministering to these people, but it's really God touching their hearts and ministering to their hearts. Praise God. Alec is not a pastor. He's not a full-time missionary. He's not a campus missionary even. She's just an ordinary student. Obeying the call of God to go and make disciples of her classmates. To the people that knows her, it may be a bit weird. But how many of you know it's not about us? It's about the Holy Spirit empowering us, using us, speaking through us. You know, we all have a story to tell. If you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus, guess what? You have a story that is so unique to you that you can share to other people because that is the power of your testimony that validates the power of the gospel that can actually transform life. Amen? And that is the unique thing that we can actually give. You don't even have to ask for an appointment for a pastor. Okay, pastor, I'll invite you to my school. Preach to them, you know? You can actually preach the gospel using your own testimony, using your own story. Just very briefly, these are the tools that we have uh, as a church. The tool for engaging is called one-to-one. Everybody say one-to-one. How many of you have gone through one-to-one? Great. Some of you are not familiar with one-to-one. You know, it's probably high time for you to start going through one-to-one. Maybe you can inquire at the concierge, how can I be a part of one-to-one. I want somebody to share to me one-to-one. It's a form of us engaging and sharing the gospel so that we can have a better understanding what Jesus Christ did for us. Second is establish. And with the establish, we, have, we are established in the faith. Established in the faith is what we know as Victory Weekend. You know, many of you have gone through Victory Week and some of you are wondering what is Victory Week. And we always announce that in the church, okay? If you're not familiar with Victory Weekend, then you need to go through Victory Weekend. It's establishing ourselves in the faith. We also have an establishment in the Word. We call it the Purple Book. And we have what we also call the uh, Foundation for Victory class, which we have actually launched early this year. Uh, Part of establishing in the church is also a new booklet called Church Community. 
There is a very new tool that we have developed, and I think it will be launched in the, the next uh, few weeks. And it's all about how can we be part of this local church of believers. What is the pastor's role? What are my roles as well as, member of, as a member of this church? Uh, and the empowering uh, stage is uh, we actually talk about empowering leaders, how to, be, how, how to raise up other leaders just like us. So this is basically the discipleship journey. Uh, you see that there's uh, the blue, you know, the blue uh, arrow is the engage. The purple arrow is talking about establish. The green arrow is the equip part. And the red arrow is all about empowering people. I'd like to ask the music team to join me here on stage. I want to share this last verse for us. Matthew 28, verse 20. This is the last part of the great commission that Jesus gave his disciples. And he said, Behold, I am with you always. Everybody say always. Always Always to the end of the age. As we open up our mouth and share our faith to the people that we love, Jesus is going to be there. He will be the one to open their hearts. He will be the one to show them the truth. We can never open their eyes to see the truth of the gospel. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The only thing that we need to do is to open up our mouth and share what we can share and leave the rest to the Holy Spirit. Amen? He promised that He will be with us at the very end of the age. That is the very last statement in the book of Matthew. Guess what? At the beginning of Matthew chapter 1, that is exactly who He is. When He was born as a baby, He was called Emmanuel. God is with us. And He is merely fulfilling His promise of never leaving us nor forsaking us until the very end of the age. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in the Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.